This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey friends, welcome to an unexpected podcast. I'm Ez. And I'm Lane. And we're talking Tolkien. We're coming to you from the Shire of America, the beautiful state of Ohio, and a little village called Amanda. Yeah. Um, this is going uh, to be something special, guys. Something real special. We've got something inc- incredibly special lined up for you. Uh, we have... Dude, I can't even... I just want the suspense to keep building. I know, me too. We have something massive for you guys. Um... Well, it's a special day, too, when we're releasing this. Just it's so a special day. When this is being released, it is Oscar Sunday, which is in the world of film, which we're kind of part of, because right. Lord of the Rings is the best cinematic endeavor of all time. Uh, right. Yeah, so it's it's big. Um, so we had the amazing privilege and yep. honor yep. and just fuck freaking good time. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Of sitting down <laughs> with Tammy Lane. Yeah. You may not know Tammy's name, but you definitely know her work. Tammy is a lady who brought Lord of the Rings to life for you, whether you know it or not. In the original trilogy, she worked on creating the orc prosthetics and uh, like like bringing um, just... I think the orcs are kind of nameless, right? You look at them, you're like, oh, they're right. a bunch of bad guys. Bringing those to life, giving them personality, making them unique... Uh, making them something that people love. People love orcs. There's a whole fraction of people who are obsessed over orcs, Urukai, right. uh, Moria orcs, all the different. They're incredible. They created a culture with them yep. um, through that prosthetics work. And then she returned again uh, for The Hobbit and was the uh, supervisor. Supervisor. Yeah. Prosthetics supervisor. So right. she was in charge, man. And she was the one. She had, she had a, a choice that a lot of women would kill for. She had to either choose to work on Dwalin. Or the king under the mountain. Right. Right. So it was either, either Thorin or Dwalin. And in the end, she picked the king, right. of course. So of course. she was the the lead prosthetics um, applier on Richard Armitage. Right. So I, the king under the mountain. Kind she, of a big deal. Kind of a huge deal. I mean, I think you said it, you know, that when you first look at these orcs, right, you know, nameless, there's really no quote-unquote story to them. But this mm-hmm. interview, guys, when you listen to what's a, what's about to unfold here, there is such a story oh my behind gosh. this. I will never watch. There's a particular scene, and I will not spoil it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that she's going to talk about, and it, it just there's a back there, there's a name now associated with this scene. Mm-hmm. Not just hers, other people that she worked with. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was so incredible, guys. We just had the time of our lives. 
yeah doing we, this we so should we, quit the podcast now yeah if it wasn't for you guys i think we probably would right if you guys weren't reading with us and our, our, our best buds we would stop right now because you, you just can't get any higher than that she was she is an incredible human being um the reason we're releasing this on oscar sunday is because tammy's won an oscar for a little film you know as lion witch in the wardrobe from the chronicles of narnia mm-hmm. for for working on prosthetics and and helping bring that magical world to life which as by the way is my record for views in a cinema i saw it five times oh really we were like i think i was 17 when it came out i, I remember when you were obsessed with it yeah bro five times i think in like four days yeah I went a couple of days after after high school let out after school was over and watched it by myself. That's when that's love, man. That's yeah, love. That is. So won an Oscar for that. Um, and, and you think, okay, someone who wins an Oscar is that established? She's currently working on Orville, which is a, a Seth MacFarlane uh, space comedy thing. Right. She's big. She's supervising the the prosthetics in that. Right. Uh, you you'd assume someone like that's kind of hard to talk to. Um, probably has a bit of an ego. Tammy has. None of that. Yeah, I felt like I, I honestly felt like we were talking to an old friend when we were talking to Tammy. Yeah, like yep, an old too. pal we 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 knew from college. Called her up and we're talking to her, and she just like you'll hear in this yep. interview. She lets it rip. She she doesn't stop telling us stories. Oh, I, think I know. We, I, I think know. more often than not, all she said was, "I got a story for you," or "Here's a story for you." Yeah, let me tell and you she, another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and which is what we love anyway because we just love talking stories. You guys know that. Yeah. So she, you guys, I'm rambling but all i'm telling you is you guys are in for a treat yeah and this is something this is something so rare i mean like her giving us um this time this This, platform to talk to her and and then and really honestly i'll tell you what it is guys it's because and she says it this experience was one of the best experiences of her life yeah she had such an incredible time being a a, um, a creator in Middle Earth, and she loves talking about it, and so she wants to perpetuate that and share that, and and really she's doing it for us. She's doing it for you because she loves it so much. So this is kind of cool. It's almost like a. It's sort of fitting that it's right after Valentine's Day and and on Oscar Sunday. It's a it's a love letter to you as fans yep. of the books and the films. She's taking us behind the curtain. Yep, you get some sweet behind the scenes stuff in here that, and and bro, I think there's some exclusive. There's stuff some exclusive here. stuff. I mean, unless you were on the crew right. working on the movie, you, right. d- you don't know because right. I pride myself on being obsessed with the appendices. You are and watching yep. everything I can. And there was almost every story she told. I'm like, didn't know that. Right. I had no idea. Right. Oh, that's the full story. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's unreal, guys. I, I just can't, you know, so take a listen. You know, um, it it may be a bit long. We had some connection issues, so we kind of, you know, edited that and, 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 and broke it up and things for you. But it's all there. Uh, it's 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 something, guys. Yeah. It's, it is worth a, a good listen. So, so and this is, and, and again, this is almost like a, um, I mean, selfishly, it was amazing for us to, I, and I told her this too, I'm like, you know our our friends from our book club are really excited to hear this, but like we're really excited to hear it ourselves. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. It's like in the moment that's as far as it goes. But really, this is a thank you to you guys for well, your questions are in it. That's right. Your listener right. questions we you a are chance in to, there. To submit questions on Facebook, and those are all in there. All the ones that were submitted. Right. And um, and so this is kind of a thank you to you too for for joining up and helping you know forge our fellowship and and joining up with us in this in this crazy podcast and we want to reward you for um helping make it happen man and and contributing the positive energy so this is this is a 
a present for you guys too, as much as it was for us. So, yep. So, all right, guys, yeah. we'll take a quick short break and we'll be right back with Tammy Lane. All right, guys, we uh, we have Tammy Lane with us here. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to stop talking. We're, we're going to ask questions first. Then we're going to stop talking, and we're just going to listen and enjoy this adventure along with you. So, Tammy, we're going to get we're going to jump right into it. Is that all right? That is all right. But I, I want you to talk back to me. I don't want to be, you okay. know. Absolutely. We're <laughs> going to have a fair. conversation yeah. then. I, like I want a conversation. Okay. Uh, you know, we I can do that. that. We can do that. We were kind of <laughs> hoping you'd say that. That's uh, excellent. Okay, so our first question is, we're a couple of Midwest boys, and we know the Midwest was your home growing up as well. Can you tell us a little bit about like where specifically and when your journey began as an artist? Uh, oh, well, um, well, I, you know, I basically had always, you know, drawn and painted as a kid growing up. There was a time that I wasn't sketching in a notebook, and I would actually get in trouble in school for sketching in notebooks <laughs> and not paying attention. Um, yes. And, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, it was a hobby and I'm a sci-fi fan. I like star Wars a lot. Superman, like, you know, anything Harrison Ford was in and, (laughs) and, and, (laughs) and, um, I don't know. I just, I just, I I don't know why I loved it. I just loved it. And then like, I love Halloween, Halloween. I like better than Christmas. And, it's um, way better than Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. yeah and yeah. I would always come up with some crazy concoctions. I would combine costumes. Like one year, I couldn't choose between Superman and Darth Vader, so I was Darth <laughs> Superman Vader. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you were doing, you were creating makeup effects even then. Yeah, and wow. it was just, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I make my, I made my own masks and and uh, like just you know just kid stuff, just playing around and and um, wow. And, and, and then when I, uh, I, I got to high school, um, I, you know, I was brought up, my, my mom and dad brought me up, uh, going to the theater and my mom loved musicals. And so I loved going to the theater. And, um, so in high school I was a musician and, and, uh, played with your buddy, John Packard. That's right. And, um, and me and him were quite the twosome, you know, cause I would always try to outdo him and he would always just be better. Was, was he first chair and you were second chair? Yeah. Is that kind of what was yeah. going on? Oh, yeah. The struggle, yeah, man. Chair. That's a real That's struggle. That's what happened between Lane and I. So, so. yeah. Different <laughs> instruments. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Well, let's just say that John, I'm oh, sorry to go off script here, but no, it's let's all right. say John could, he afford it. He could afford the private lessons. Uh-huh. So oh. he would get private lessons and then he would, te- he would bring them back and teach me what he learned. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah. So, so our music instructor, uh, Mary, Mary, Mary Jo Pappage, um, she she was a music director of this um, this play called Sweet Charity or this musical um, at Peoria Players, because I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, right, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I asked her if there was any way that she could probably get me in to like help paint sets or just help out anything and anything behind the scenes. Yeah. And she, she said, sure. And she told me to come to the theater and introduced me to a man named Harold Breitenbach. And he was kind of the foreman of the theater uh, in charge of building the sets and painting and all that kind of thing. But he also had a love for makeup effects. Mm. 
And so we became really good friends and he started teaching me stuff, just fun stuff, you know, and he would do haunted houses. So I, I would do like makeups uh, at haunted houses for him when I was a teenager. Yeah. You know, it was just fun. It was whatever. And then, um, so it was just a hobby. And then I went to Bradley university in Peoria, Illinois. Um, Mm -hmm. and I majored in, in art and, um, and just trying to find, you know, I, I actually had an athletic athletic scholarship. And so uh-huh. I wasn't even too concerned about what sport what I was stuck. Uh, softball. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's cool. <laughs> Dang. That's like the yeah. total package, man. Yeah. Right. You can do it all. You can do it all. Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. That. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, yeah. So, Anyways, well, I, you know, I, I found this love of, you know, behind the scenes theater and stuff, you know, like that. So how the makeup thing kind of worked um, after I, I, uh, I, I got to Bradley, um, I was doing doing a show and I was running the light board, actually, of this show. And one of the makeup artists didn't show up and they, I got called by the uh, by the stage manager hey tam you paint what are you do what are you doing you know come Mm -hmm. down here to the green room we have to change 15 dancers into cats from the from the cats oh my gosh uh and we have eight minutes to do it oh my gosh so so i ran down and it was the first time i ever really saw krylon grease palettes and all that kind of stuff and they had pictures taped to the mirror and they're like just pick one and make it look like one of these like from Broadway, you know, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. That was like an amazing eight minutes because I did ended up doing three dancers, and uh, yeah, it was it was the adrenaline was amazing. So it was like actually the first time that the makeup bug really caught me. Yeah. yeah. But then um yeah yeah so then I you know I went to Bradley and I uh, and I I majored in art uh, because uh, yeah it just was a I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was more involved in sports at the time. And, um, well, you pinch hit and you hit a grand slam. That's incredible. <laughs> if it, when, but, when your life story comes out and you write your memoirs, it's going to be eight minutes and cats. Yeah. That's what's gotta be the title, right? Right. Cats right. in eight, eight minutes. minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. And you know, and, um, I still did like try to do a lot of community theater just cause it was kind of my escape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like from sports and college. And, and then um, and then after my sophomore year of college, I, I was the catcher. So my knees were really bad. And mm-hmm. uh, I ended up giving up the scholarship and and stopped playing ball. But I still remained at Bradley and I really dove into the art, the art culture there. Man, and that's, that's so cool. <laughs> and then um. And then after, like, so my senior year, um, I actually was trying to get a degree uh, emphasis in uh, graphic design. And my whole plan was to move to Chicago and just become a graphic designer yeah. and, and live downtown. And, yeah. and that was going to be it. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, a little bit of a nervous m- breakdown, <laughs> like, uh, midway through my first semester um, of, of my senior year. And um, I'm sorry, I've... <laughs> And yeah, sorry, I have another call coming in, but oh. I'll ignore it. Is it Seth? <laughs> no. It, Did you just ignore Seth? Seth? <laughs> oh, okay, that would have been that kind of no, been like a I, highlight. I'm, a I'm actually ignoring my mechanic that is working on my car right now. Oh, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a ride. We'll be yeah. we'll be there. In, yeah, we'll yeah, be there in a, <laughs> 24 hours. 
<laughs> so, well, anyway, a friend of mine told me, I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't want to be a graphic designer. I just, you know, what am I going to do? And so my friend, I literally was at a bar on a Wednesday night at a bar called Desperados. Mm-hmm. talking to my friend Amy and I was telling her what am I going to do like I'm going to have this useless degree and it's just been a waste of money and I can't waste this money like yeah. you know and my friend told me about this um this class that went to out to LA and, and um and it learned about the entertainment industry as a whole and and she said and and she said and one of the things that they tour is a makeup effects studio wow. so I that my ears perked up and so I um Oh, but you had to like go through an interview process because like 60 students were trying to get into this class and, and uh, the professor can only take 10, five girls and five guys. Wow. So he yeah. had to evaluate and like oh go my through gosh. a process. And plus it was only open to comm majors and I was an art major. So I'm like, well, he'll never take me, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's plenty of communication majors that want to go. Anyway, I walked into the professor's office to, um, to you know, him to allow me to try to get into this class but yeah. he ended up long story you know choosing me on the tent and so uh I was on my way to you know this two week interim class in life and and so the, what I didn't realize is it was twenty five hundred extra dollars to go. Oh wow. wow on top of the tuition right and so my parents are in education so they you know they don't make a lot of money and yeah, we're, we're a couple so of I'm, teachers too so we understand that yeah, yeah 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 and uh and you know back in the 90s i mean well now even today i mean two grand is like a lot of money yeah so and a drop of a hat yeah I, for sure i i asked i didn't know and, and my mom was like really really sorry she was you know it, it broke her heart because she couldn't move it money to give me for this class yeah. so i was upset so i well i i uh decided i'd go to chicago for the weekend to see a friend yeah and and just hang out and so i came back on the following monday morning um at like at 6 a.m and i was getting ready for my first class and i when i came back from out of the shower i went to you know put some jewelry on and i discovered that all my jewelry was gone out of my jewelry case and i lived in a house with five other girls in an old Victorian across the street from mm-hmm. the, the university. So I kind of ca- called out like, you know, into the hallway. Okay. Which one of you bitches took my shit? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, one of my roommates came down there like, Oh my God, that's right. You weren't here this weekend. She goes, well, we were sunbathing on the roof of the house and we left the front door open and they had found a woman in the house, just like taking random stuff off of, Wow. people's dressers and like you know cash or jewelry or whatever and and one of my roommates saw her and chased her out of the house but they filed a police report sounds like so sounds I like she might mom. have been a relative of of Smeagol or something oh, <laughs> looking know, for rings right? <laughs> well, yeah and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um and so i called my mom all all teary you know i was crying oh, because yeah. my grandmother's ring she had just passed away it was oh, like some sentimental jewelry you know mm-hmm. irreplaceable yeah. stuff yeah and so my mom's like, okay, um, let me call you back in a in a in a in a little bit. And so a couple hours later, she calls me back. She says, "Well, I have some good news." And I'm like, "Did you find the ring?" Oh. <laughs> and uh, she goes, "No, but um, since you're still a student, you fall under a homeowner's insurance, so you're insured for twenty five hundred dollars." You've got to yeah. be kidding me! Yeah. 
Yeah. I am not joking. Yeah. And so my mom got all excited. She goes, let's go shopping. And I went, oh, <laughs> ma. I go, do I have to buy jewelry with that cash? And she goes, well, no, you can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. And I go, can I pay for that class that I told you about last week? And wow. my mom's like, sure. Wow. So sure enough, you know, the check comes and I take it over to the comptroller's office right at the university, just signed it over to them for the class. And, yeah. and off I was off to L.A. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that Isn't is that crazy. Yeah, that is. I'm, I'm telling you, you must walk. You must walk out the front door and stars align and birds sing and stuff. Because that's just that's unbel. That's uncanny. <laughs> yeah. That's uncanny. What know, a story. It's, it's, it's crazy. And and yeah. And so I I went on this trip, and that's how I met um, Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero and Bob Kurtzman, who own K and B. Yeah, is, we had, yeah we actually had a uh, one a of our question uh, yeah. a question about that really. Um, one of our listeners, Valerie uh, Homan, kind of wanted to ask you a question. It, it kind of leads into your 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 K and B experience, maybe before that. But um, like you kind of answered it, and you, the story yeah. of like the fate, you know, the stars aligned, you the eight there. minutes to turn in, yeah, the, right. the cats in eight minutes, right? But she kind of just asked, you know, what inspired you to become a makeup artist um, or prosthetic, you know, artist, or like were what? you were you just born to be? It yeah. just seems like I, you were born to be. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know because as a kid I didn't really care about it yeah, you know like right, yeah. I, it was I got all my education for, for makeup effects like out here like as an adult and yeah. I never like I never sought out like oh wow who did the exorcist you know I, ne- mm-hmm. I didn't know who Dick mm-hmm. Smith was you know I didn't know mm-hmm. you know but um when I went out to LA you know because of my graphic design uh senior graphic design class but one project was we had to come up with a self-promotional piece that wow. um, that was not a business card, but was like a business card. Yeah. So I I came up with this um you know those paddle balls with the the wood paddles yeah. with the ball at the end they they pound, that you yeah. know you bounce yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth. So I decided that that was going to be it, and I designed a you know my name, a logo, information on it, and then you know and so I took ten of those out to L A. And so I gave one to <sighs> Howard Berger. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, when I, when I walked into his studio, I, I was, I just fell in love. Like yeah. that was it. That was, I was like, I have to work here. Yeah. They had just finished from Dust Till Dawn and mm-hmm. Eraser with, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, and wow. so they had the, the crocodiles, the animatronic crocodiles in, in the shop and they did a demonstration and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. And I was just like, I, I said to Howard, I go, how do I, how do I work here? Yeah. And he basically said, go back to Illinois, graduate college, and then move to L.A. and call me. <laughs> and that's basically what I did. And um, How did you feel, how did you feel when he said that? Uh, I was just like, yeah, sure, right. And your people will call my people. You know, you okay, know, right, like, yeah. I was saying that, you know. I right. didn't. But, um, but because I gave him the paddle ball thing, it sat on his desk, and he ended up playing with it for months. Oh, my gosh. So he's staring right. at my name all right. the time. That's genius. And so when I called and, you know, he, he knew exactly who I was. And yeah. so, um, well, I kept calling wow. and he wouldn't call me back. He was either on set or in a meeting. He was really busy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay. He's blowing me off. But then finally he called me and he goes, Hey, I remember you. Are you still looking for work? And I go, yes. Yeah. And, uh, he says, well, we started our, a big show and we need, hands in the shop just to sweep floors and stock shelves and do whatever menial work, mm-hmm. you know, $7 an hour. Do you want it? And I went, absolutely. Yes. 
So I started the following Monday at, at the shop, and I was sweeping floors. I was cleaning clay out of big stone molds, and and then just by being there, I was the only girl in the in the shop that wasn't working at the front desk or like a secretary. Mm-hmm. Wow! So this mm-hmm. huge boys club. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it felt like I was jailbait. I don't know. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> And anyway, these guys were, like, incredibly nice to me. And, and one guy, his name is Big Al Tustis, and he is Big Al. He, uh, he, he's, he called me over after a few weeks, and he goes, hey, you want to learn how to make a mold? So he showed me how to make a mold. So then I started making molds. Wow. And then I started, like, so I just went around to every aspect of mm-hmm. the shop and, um, and just learned everything. Yeah. Learned how to use an airbrush. And, and I was a painter, so that's what I wanted to do is like paint these amazing things and so I, I learned all these skills anything from fur transfer to painting to molding to casting to you know fin- any all the finishing work right yeah and and you know and uh and so then one day greg nicotero comes up and uh, you guys know who greg nicotero is right i don't he he basically created walking dead oh my like gosh okay there you go yeah so he's the N in K and B. So he's the middle partner. And uh-huh. um, he, he actually said, hey, you know, we're going to Santa Fe, New Mexico uh, to shoot John Carpenter's uh, movie, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. Would you like to come for a week and help set up the trucks wow. and like, hang out? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I so I went and I was part of the team and I was, you know, rigging blood gags and helping out and, you know, whatever. And the guys that were doing the main makeups were like going in to work like hugely early in the morning. And, um, and so Greg says to me, he goes, Hey, you want to do makeup, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, if you do two vampires, that means instead of us coming in at 5am, we can all come in at 6am. Wow. And I'm like, okay. Works both ways. And so then all of a sudden I was making up main cast vampires on a John Carpenter movie in 1997 in New Mexico. <laughs> Holy cow. And and then um and I was there for like three months on location and wow. and that's kinda how it all kinda Story, happened. Yeah. So when you go home it, to, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna ask, when you go home to Peoria, do they just start shouting, Tammy, Tammy? Because it's like it's like a it's like the Rudy story. That's freaking yeah, amazing. No. <laughs> that's so inspiring. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, okay. That's where it that's, started, huh? But, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, well, you know, so then I was bit and then, um, evidently they thought I did such a good job. So, so, um, basically when I got back to the shop, um, after the show and was working, uh, Howard Berger was looking to take somebody to Luxembourg, um, for a movie called Talos the Mummy. And, wow. and so Greg Nicotero's like, you should take Tammy. She's, you know, she's great. She runs around and blah, blah, blah. And so, and Howard's like, okay. And so I got to go to Europe then on my second show. And then we were there for like four months, uh, living in Luxembourg. Wow. And, and, uh, and that's when Howard and I became best friends. Like he's my best friend. So we, we got a close connection. And so after that, he basically brought me on to everything he could. And, um, yeah, and it just kind of unfolded from there. D- does that start off as like like a like a contract, or did they just say, "Hey, do you just want to go?" Like, how, like, did they? 
hire you for it essentially, or is it just like you were part of the team? Come on, let's go and you know pack your bag. Well, well, how it works is you know uh, the guys that you know K and B they negotiate you know, how many personnel they can take and how many mm-hmm. personnel they'll hire locally wherever they go, yeah. and then they put together their team and they get and then 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 the contracts come from for the production company to us. Okay. Okay. Wow. wow that's actually so we. So we, actually, I'm not working for K and D while I'm on location. I'm working for the production team, yep. but I am yeah. brought on by K and D. By K and D, yeah, they facilitate that. Yeah. man. Gotcha. Wow, well, that's that's quite a that's that's quite yeah. a start. That's awesome. Holy that's great cow! <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's no. those are your origins, right? That's right. that's where you've come from. Um, I'm gonna. It's okay if I give you a listener question real quick. Yeah, yeah, go. For okay, it. so it's uh, a listener question from Christine Sowry. Uh, she wants to know, we know that you obviously were a fan of, of all things sci-fi, Star Wars, anything Harrison Ford was in. I can relate. I used to pretend to be Indiana Jones on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> she wants to know, were you always a fan of Lord of the Rings and fantasy lore? Or was this something that developed while you were working on those films? It developed while I was working on the film. Okay. I did not read Lord of the Rings. I did mm-hmm. not even know who Tolkien was. Mm-hmm. So you were like Viggo Mortensen. Viggo had never read the book, didn't know, right? And he ended up becoming Yeah, well, his heirloom. son. Yeah, yeah. His son said, Dad, you have to do this right. movie. He, was, he wasn't going to do it. Right. Isn't that amazing? Thank God and, that his son, and, yeah. Yeah, and Hank, I think he was like 10 years old at the time. Yeah. And at the prime, you know, he had read, read, uh, read The Hobbit, and he was reading Lord of the Rings, and, he, yeah. and he's a big fan. So he did it for his son. That's and crazy. Now, you know. Right. That's amazing. Um, so... Is it okay if you, you kind of we kind of start walking into Lord of the Rings? Uh, like how, my biggest question is, how did you get involved with with the trilogy? How did that how did that happen? I mean, did they come did um, they come hunt for you? Did you find it in the in the ad in the ad section of the paper? I mean, like how does how does that happen? <laughs> well, okay, so one of the things that I was doing for K and B, I was going, I was they were sending me to New Zealand to do Xena and Hercules. Oh my uh, gosh! Stuff. Yeah, and, the, and 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 that was like Richard Taylor, right? And their crew, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So what? So Weta was doing um, was was doing Hercules and Xena, and then when they got Lord of the Rings to prep Lord of the Rings, they oh. could not do, handle Xena and Hercules. And Richard Taylor and Howard Berger are good friends, mm-hmm. so wow. he basically gave Xena and Hercules to Howard. And so I was, and then Howard then took me down to New Zealand to work on those. And then on a weekend, um, like like you know near Christmas time, on a weekend we yeah. went down to Wellington because we were in Auckland. Yeah. Uh, just uh, I met Richard Taylor then, and and, um, and Stuart Weta, and you know just was like, wow, this is really cool. And they mm-hmm. were, you know, in the middle of building stuff and developing all sorts of things in that workshop. And what was, anyway, what, was so, what was Weta like then? Because I mean, I've I've seen I've seen like snippets from behind the scenes stuff now, and it's just it's like full fledged, like movie yeah. movie set top top of top of the line. What was it like when you when you started working there? Was it a lot different, or was it were the bones pretty much there? Yeah, the bones were there, but it was like no better than working in like a, a tin shed, you know. But it was bigger. <sighs> it was a it was a. It's the way the Kiwis be, do it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was not a pleasant building to be in. It was wow. cold and there was no heat. It was not insulated. It was, you know, it was, it, yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, 
you know, they produced Meet the Feebles and, you mm-hmm. know, Brain Dead and, mm-hmm. you know, they made all this cool stuff and all that stuff was laying around. It was really cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. And, 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 and what a digital was a guy named George in a closet. Seriously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, wasn't it a kind of, um, effects they were doing for the Frighteners that, that, uh, uh-huh. when Peter Jackson realized, Hey, we could probably like, it's maybe possible to, to do Lord of the Rings justice now. Right. Uh, yeah, well, actually, from the that how he got, he was he wanted to make King Kong, and wow. he was dealing with Miramax, I believe, at the time, yeah. and uh, they they you know they basically didn't want to make King Kong or whatever, mm-hmm. and I guess you know, and I guess or was it? Oh, he was at Universal. That's right. It's, it's something like that, so mm-hmm. convoluted. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to misspeak or anything. But basically, one studio, he wanted to make King Kong, and the studio went, well, how about you make this project that we have in development, which was Lord of the Rings, because wow. we're, we're interested in doing it in New Zealand. Oh, my gosh. And then gosh. if you do a good job, we'll let you do King Kong. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I had crazy. no idea that's how that all shook out, because I've, I've heard him talk now, about how much he loves King Kong and that story. Oh wow! Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know the details. I mean, it's like like telephone. I'm sure, right? You know, I I don't know the details or anything yeah. like that. But yeah. but I I know it was something that you know he wanted to pursue one thing, and then he got side sidetracked to do something else as a means to do the other thing. That's amazing. No. Wow. But yeah. So well, anyway, I'm I'm back in L.A. after my last Zena tour. Um, and, and plus the fact, one of my dearest friends is Gino Acevedo, who you, yeah. you mentioned in your letter. Yes. Yeah. He's, he was one of them. He was the guy that taught me how to airbrush and oh he's the best God. airbrusher in the business. He, he does. He, he was, um, in charge of Gimli's prosthetics, right? During Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Him and wow. Dominique Till. Yeah. Wow. Um, but he's an amazing artist yeah. and sculptor, painter, but he's well known more known for his uh, airbrush work. Wow. Anyway, he became friends. Well, he got called by Richard Taylor in 1998, or, yeah, in 98, to come and be head of creature development at what a workshop for Lord of the Rings. So oh, he gosh. left. So Gino's gone. And one of my best friends at the time was a guy named Bill Hunt. And um, they were looking for sculptors. And, and Bill was the amazing, talented sculptor from Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And, um, and, uh, he ended up inquiring about sculpting in that Weta and he ended up, uh, going down there too. Two of my best friends are down there. Yeah. I, I'm still in, in LA. I'm still working at the shop and everything's fine. And, right. and, um, anyway, a year later than after that and been a few days and whatever, working in the workshop, I literally get called to uh, to Greg's office, and he basically says, um, "Friday will be your last day because we don't have any more work for you." And I'm like, "What? Oh, like I just moved into my own apartment, no roommates. I was right. just like, I was like, what, what? Yeah, wow. <laughs> and, and they and they they and they they laid me off, and I was I, I just didn't understand why because I could see a lot of work still in the shop. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was a Wednesday. Thursday night, the phone rang. Uh, Get out of here. Phone rang. And, um, and 
and it's like 11 at night and I answer, I pick up and they said, I go, hello. And, and the voice on the other one says, hello, Tommy, this is Richard Taylor. And I went, aha, very funny. Though, and I hung up. <laughs> oh, well. And then the phone, I, and, I, and then the phone rang again and I picked up again. I went, hello. And I go, no, don't hang up. It's really, it's Richard Taylor. <laughs> Well, walking. he goes, well, it's down here at Weta. We were just wondering, is what availability, or you'd be interested in coming in, being an onset prosthetic artist for us. And I was just dumbfounded. Wow. And I, I just kind of went, how the, I go, well, funny enough, I just got laid off at K&B, and right. I am available. <laughs> and, and he's like, great. He goes, when can you get here? And I said, two weeks. And he goes, oh, I was hoping sooner. Oh my god. And gosh. I said, Well what I go, Well, what were you thinking? Yeah. And he and he says, uh, four days. I went, uh, <laughs> how about how about seven days? Yeah. And he went five and I <laughs> Man, they wanted you bad. That is awesome. So so basically that's kinda how it happened. And so and um anyway, so Richard Taylor called Howard and said, look, I, you know, can you recommend anyone? Because I, he goes, he basically said, I have a stack of 5,000 resumes. It's overwhelming. I don't have time to go through this. I just need a recommendation. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so Howard recommended me, you know, you know, he goes, you need to call Tammy Lane yeah. and, you know, we'll, you know, so Howard basically, they, he concocted this story about how he was going to lay me off because he knew I would never leave K&B. <laughs> so he basically fired me. Wow. So I would be available to take this job. Oh my. And I found that out later. <laughs> wow. Holy smokes. This dude's so a mastermind. Four, I know. So within four days, I packed up my apartment, put it in storage, and I was on a plane. And, and uh, I was only, like, the job was for 15 months. Yeah. Initially. And... Lord of the Rings ended up taking four years to make. And so, and I ended up staying then even after that to work on the Chronicles of Narnia and like other projects. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, and so I was there for initially then for six years. So. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, again, I just think destiny had, has quite a hand in your life. That's amazing. Right, um, so the next question is, uh, less on, on, um, films you're involved with and more just like what was, what was it like to live and work in New Zealand so you're there uh you know you'd been there for for Herc and Xena and and mm -hmm. starting this Lord of the Rings and then ended up taking you know years and then you lived there longer so what place does New Zealand hold in your heart and where were you were you all over the country you mostly in Queenstown or I'm sorry not Queenstown um, in um Wellington yeah um I actually love it it's my I call it my second home I mean right now I'm wearing my greenstone still you know it's very <laughs> dear to my heart I ended up um, becoming a citizen and I, oh, I wow. bought a house in 2003 which I still have wow nice so yeah I'm, I'm pretty serious about New Zealand yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. yeah so I technically immigrated there so that's incredible yeah wow okay so you're you are a Kiwi then yeah yes I am technically a Kiwi that's so. amazing Cool. I've got a green stone. My wife and I, uh, we went after our wedding and I, I went in college um, and I did half my student teaching there. So it was, it was awesome. Like, you know, as a Lord of the Rings fan, it was just amazing to, to go. And that's what got me there. But I fell in love with, with the people. I fell in love with the countryside yeah. and 
Yeah. Um, it was cool. So anyway, I came back and uh, I wanted Sarah, to, my wife, to experience that. So we went and we actually, it's funny you talk about your greenstone because I have one too. We we picked ones out for each other and had them carved. And uh-huh. it's just the whole, the, the um, you know, the idea of mana and your spirit and, and uh, it's amazing. Like that culture is just so beautiful. So it's very easy to fall in love with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. This is amazing, Tammy. I'm sorry. I got okay. I've got. Um, Lane's co- freaking out. Of I'm here, sorry. Tammy. I'm having so much fun. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be apologizing for it, but I feel guilty when I have this much fun. This is amazing. Um, we got a couple, a couple listener questions. Are you, are you cool with that right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this this next listener question comes from Mark Redenauer. Uh, excellent question. I kind of wish I would have thought of this myself. I wish I would have remembered one of these words. Autonomy. That's the. I need to increase my vocabulary. Yeah, you do. He, he says, how much autonomy did Peter Jackson give you and your team in Lord of the Rings to imagine the images in your own way? So how much freedom were you given? Um, what, what was that relationship like yeah. with, with the boss? Yeah. Well, the reason why Lord of the Rings was so amazing is because of, of all the, the, talent, the talented people from mm-hmm. the concept artists to like all the, I mean, it, it, I was one of many on a big, big, mm-hmm. big team. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was a soldier, basically, at mm-hmm. that time. And and but what was incredible about the orcs, because I did a lot of orcs. Yeah. Um, the way they were designed and sculpted, because a lot of these things, you know, of course, were developed before I even was there. Mm-hmm. So um, so my daily, I would walk into the trailer and we literally have a a box of foreheads, different foreheads, different cheeks, different noses, scars, different types of jewelry, different like whatever you wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you mix and match and, you know, you create a brand new orc because usually if you did a orc, it was going to die close up. So you didn't have to worry about continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So it was, it was like a big monster party. We'd go out at night, yeah. get, you know, get a little sloshed, so wake uh-huh. up a little hungover and do some incredible paint work, you know, because <laughs> nothing was free. <laughs> We're also in our 20s back then. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It we would, nothing was pre-painted because it was just like, we just kind of, you know, would just, whatever we felt that morning, we kind of kept the colors within a certain range. We didn't get too crazy. Like yeah. there's no fuchsia, no paint right, right, or anything. Right, Although yeah, right. one guy started to go that direction and we had to rein him in a bit. <laughs> oh, but um, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was usually like creative on that end and just all the concept artwork and just, you know, being in New Zealand, you know, as opposed to Hollywood at the time, nobody said no. Yeah, Which right. Hollywood, everybody says no. But, but um, yeah, everybody's like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out and make that happen. And I'm like, how wow. the hell are you going to make a, like a 48-foot cave troll move? Right. Like, like, what in the hell are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they do it. Yeah, Man, that's like, amazing. Oh, <laughs> right. You know, and it, yeah, it's just. You know, and and it was you know people from all over the world working there. We had English and Irish and yeah. Spanish and like American, a few yeah, Americans, right. not many, but but a lot of English, a lot of Australians, yeah. and a lot of Kiwis, of course. But yeah, it was just a you know, people were there because they they sought it out and were passionate about the project. So it was like the best coming all together. Yeah, that would be like the ideal work environment. It sounds like. Oh yeah, it sounds like yeah. just a, a band of dreamers. Uh, there is yeah. no, there's no impossible. So, it sounds like that one guy Gosh. was continuing the party the next morning, though. It's, uh, and maybe was he yeah. drinking some pink drinks? Is that why he wanted to go fuchsia? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Some pinky I don't know, pinky man. or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Um, got another listener question for you. Valerie Holman asks, uh, "What was the most challenging prosthetic you created for for Lord of the Rings? Uh, or I guess it could even be outside of Lord of the Rings. Your most challenging prosthetic." Uh, well, they're all challenging in their own way. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the most difficult, tedious one was yeah. a 10-hour makeup for Two Towers. It was the birthing Urukai, oh. um, which you see for like two seconds in yeah. the beginning of Two Towers, I believe. Right. You know, he comes through the sack. Yeah. And so th- that was a, I don't even remember, I think 27 prosthetic pieces we, we at midnight and it was Gino Acevedo, Domini Till and myself. And and uh and the actor was a actually a con- acrobatic contortionist um named Matt. And he liked to smoke a lot of cigarettes and drink a lot of coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever it takes you working through the night, you know. Right, yeah. and, uh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, that was that was I think cuz that took like nine and a half hours to put him in and there's three of us working on him. Wow. And then, wow. you know, and then to shoot him set and then to take him out. It right. Was, you got to clean up too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, I think that for me, it was a 31 hour day. Wow. Like, oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, so like, I have a question, quick question on that. The, the, those birthing or a that would be like a full body. Like you'd have multiple pieces covering the entire body. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you wouldn't even have the benefit of like, oh, costume's going to cover this portion. We don't have to press, do prosthetics there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's unreal. And uh, wow, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that'd be challenging. Um. Okay, so we just got like a couple more questions. Um. Uh. 
Listener question here from Joel Smith. Um, what is the most outstanding memory or experience you will carry with you for the rest of your life? And I'm kind of hoping we get a little something exclusive, you know. Never for, been told. For, I mean, I guess or, you go through, you know, your outstanding memory experience. But you've probably told that around. But we might need a little special nugget for the, uh, for the podcast. For the podcast. Something exclusive. Right. Well, I mean, I was going to say winning the Oscar, but. You know. Oh, yeah. Abs- that's yeah. pretty outstanding. That's pretty, yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty um, outstanding uh, Were thing. you blown um, away when that, when you when you won your first one? Like, what was, what were you feeling there? Oh, uh, yeah. Numb. Like, yeah. okay. Oh, here's a, here's a good one from, from um, that evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, after being like Howard almost yanking my arm out of my socket, you know, to trying to get up there, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, of course he made the speech and then I go to speak and I get cut off, which I can say, man, I got cut off at the Oscars. Right. Cool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, Howard got a bunch of hate mail for it. Oh, good. <laughs> but, uh, good. But it was crazy because we got, we, um, but with, you know, uh, Steve Carell and Will Ferrell, two of my favorites, presented it and they were wearing a horrible makeup, you know, taking, you know, basically taking the piss of, with makeup artists That's and right. how important Hilarious. makeup is because they're wearing shitty makeup, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, but we, um, we, we went up to, uh, we, we went up, you know, at the, at the Kodak theater. Now it's called the Dolby, I believe. Mm. Um, you get in and you get whisked into an elevator. Oh, here's a good story though, too. So yeah. I'm on stage. I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm like holding this Oscar or whatever. And as I'm walking, um, right off stage, Morgan Freeman is standing right there, ready to go present the costume award. Yeah. And I look up at him, and Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I look up at him, and he felt like he was eight feet tall, looking down <laughs> on me and smiling. And I heard him go, "Congratulations!" In that <laughs> voice. And I just looked up at him, clenching this Oscar, and I went, "Oh my God, you're Morgan Freeman." <laughs> <laughs> it was like I carried a watermelon, and and wow. I, I was it was nuts. And I'm like, oh my god, you just told Morgan Freeman it's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so probably that and right. he was probably uh, he was probably over there in the curtains narrating your life. You know, instead of oh, Andy yeah, Dufresne, exactly. it was Demi Lane. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty. Uh, I would on her way off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's an outstanding memory. That, that that's actually my uh, my dad submitted that question. So that's that's a fantastic yeah. memory. That's beautiful. Yeah. As you got. Yeah. Um, and no, and yeah. when it was my best friend, only ten years after right. being in the business. Right. Yeah. yeah. We we've got some questions about that later on because that just must have been the most. Yeah. 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 I mean, you want me to? Just, yeah. Let's go to like, those. It, yeah. it must have just been the most surreal. Like this is. This is the guy you you sold yourself to that we we know now you, you know by by a paddleboard and just this unique yeah. uh, um, original way to get him to remember you you know you 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 try you try to get a job from him he remembers you 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 go and he gives you your first working experience and then opens all you know helps you op- open all these doors for yourself to yeah. build this career and then you receive the highest honor you can in your industry next to him. Yeah, like crazy. again, I, 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 there's a huge sense of like there's destiny has a huge presence in your life. That is 
Amazing. So we have some questions. You want to jump around, Ez? Is that okay? Yeah, jump around because she's answered a lot of these. So That's true. Yeah. Um, so like can, you told us a little bit about Oscar night. Is there anything else that you'd like to give us from that? And then also just that that was my that was my um takeaway from how amazing that experience must have be must have been give us give us it through your eyes and what that was like well the the whole Oscar experience yeah 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 well what was crazy was is when the story i was going to tell you before the, the morgan freeman one it's like when when you're there so when you when you get taken up you know you you get into an elevator and you go to the top of the building and it's all pressed so the first thing you do is you like take a photo for publicity mm-hmm. and you take it with the people that presented it. So I have this really whacked out like so they treat we treated it like one of those old family portraits. Will, Will Ferrell like I'm sitting in a chair, it's a mirror and the three guys are behind me. <laughs> Will has his leg up on the on the on the chair like you know his elbow, but yeah. you know it's just you know crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you go into an interview room and there's so they're yelling questions at you like there's like they call on three reporters to ask any question that they want yeah and it was funny because right before um right before we went into that room howard who's a huge friends fan looks over and sees jennifer aniston and go, and yells oh. at the top of his lungs oh my god it's rachel green <laughs> rachel green <laughs> So he told me, I'm, you know, I'm ever trying to go into the interview room, and we go up to Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we had to meet Rachel Green, I'm Howard Berger, and this is Tammy Lane, and, and we're holding Oscars, and she's like, she was so sweet, she goes, oh my god, congratulations, she didn't even care that we were calling her Rachel Green. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, and, then, and then, of course, we go back into, we answer the questions, and and then the third room is you know, another photo op and you have to stand on three X's. And so all these, like, it, it, it literally is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, less flashbulbs everywhere. Wow. And then at the end of it all, you get in, back in that same elevator and it drops you down to the lobby level and there's a bar there. Mm. And, of course, everybody's Perfect. in watching the show. So there was nobody at the bar. <sighs> crazy thing, when we see guys coming out of the elevator that just won was the guy that did that documentary march of the penguin oh my gosh oh, yeah yeah so they had those like like stuffed penguins with them and they're all like speaking french and cause french and they're just like dumbfounded and i'm like they're and they're carrying these giant stuffed animals of penguins and i'm like well that was surreal if we get into the elevator and i'm like did a bunch of penguins just walk out of here? <laughs> And Howard's just like grinning ear to ear, and so yeah. we go down and we exit the um, we exit the uh, you know the uh, uh, elevator, and we go to the bar, and we have we order a gin and tonic. I don't even know why we got gin and tonics. Mm-hmm. We don't normally drink gin and tonic. We just it was quench like thir- we were thirsty, you know. Yeah, that yeah. feels like the Oscars a gin and tonic. And then, yeah, yeah. And then I did a shot of tequila, and then um, <laughs> and then I was so. And then I was just so like dumbfounded. And then there's another little bar over, and I could see these women like having coffee, champagne, and all that. So I went over there to see who it was, and it was all the wives of the men from March of the Peng- March of the Penguins. Oh my gosh! And they were all celebrating, and they all had these little finger puppets on penguins, and they were. And so I just sat there and drank their champagne with them, and <laughs> the rest. Of- 
for the rest of the show. I didn't even go back in to the show. Wow. That's crazy. So this is after after you won, right? Yeah. This, this is oh, after yeah. you. Yeah. So you, you're on that high, and then you just literally, it's true. Because like, I imagine them. I guess I didn't imagine like you know you you wouldn't go back into the show. I imagine the after party afterwards, but you get that award, and then you just yeah. go start drinking. Yeah, you just That's you're like beautiful. so relieved, thought your nerves are gone, and then you just wait for it to end, and then go to the governor's ball afterwards. Wow. Yeah. And then you get to meet when you're holding one of those trophies. You you can talk to anybody. You can go up to anybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. of course. Oh yeah. Yeah, like my 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 <sighs> date wanted to meet J Lo, so I went up. I'm like. Hey Jennifer, this is my friend. Blah blah blah. And like she loves you. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. The power, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, yeah, yeah. As, as Howard said, you just, you just have to. Yeah. When you have it for one night, if you're lucky, and so. Right. It's kind of like. I, don't know, I was a... like, it's like a lightsaber. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a photo. There's a photo. We did. We did a, a shot like when we acted like our Oscars were lightsabers, and we were like, we crossed them. You know, oh, like, oh, like you know, so that photo Disney has at, uh, there's a restaurant in California Adventure uh-huh. that has that photo in the restaurant. Oh my gosh. Wow. You're, you're cool. lighting as his face up with all these Star Wars references. He is, he's the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Yeah. He has, he has yeah, another, huh? he has another podcast. It's a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, Rebel oh, Watch. Wow. It's, yeah, we love, we so, love Star Wars. So when you yeah. said that in the beginning, I'm just like, oh, he, I'm already, I'm already. He's lit up. Yeah. Bigger fan than I was before. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, oh, that's crazy. Well, I think wow. we got like, uh, do you have time for two more questions? Sure. Okay. All right, Lane, let's pick, let's, let's, let's narrow in here, buddy. Let's you got to get our listener questions in, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I've got a listener question from Michael Charles. Uh, he wants to know which, which characters makeup and prosthetics took the longest to apply, but you, you answered that pretty much, right? That was that birthing. Yeah. Yeah. Birthing. Yeah. And then he wants to know if you have a favorite if you have a favorite uh, prosthetic or maybe a fa- even a favorite actor who you applied or, or stunty or whatever that you applied yeah. uh, prosthetics to. Well, here's a good story. Um, so, you know how I, t- I said that usually when we did orcs close, like orc makeups, that they would die and there's no continuity. Yeah. Except for one. And what happened was, you know, these stunt guys, these stunt performers would come in and they'd sit down and we'd just they'd go to sleep and we'd, an hour and a half later, they'd be orcs and whatever. So, wow. so we didn't really pay any attention to what we were doing. We we're just like, it's like just you know, just doodling on somebody's. Right, yeah. And and so, like, I was trying to figure out how to make them different. You know, how to, you know, how to, you know, make them different. And I ended up stepping back and stepping on a piece of chainmail, and it broke in half. And I looked down on the ground, and I was like, huh. Instead of like this, instead of scarification, like, you know, and I thought about, you know, like football helmets, you know, footballers mm-hmm. that yeah. they, they have stickers on their helmet yep. for like good plays that they've done or touchdowns or whatever. Yep. Yep. I'm like, these orcs, when they do a kill, they pierce their skin with a piece of fucked up chainmail. And um, so I'm like, okay. So I started playing around with that and they ended up lining up these, uh, this chainmail, like just down the center of this orc's face. Like start at the top of his head and oh. went down all the way to his chin. Yeah. And anyway, so and and uh, the guy, the actor, the stunt guy's name was Lee Hartley. Is his name who mm. was uh, wearing it. 
And he's a part-time actor, part-time stunt guy, full-time carpenter type guy. Because yeah. everybody has three jobs in New Zealand at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and so anyway, and he walked on the set and Peter Jackson took one look at him and went, I love that makeup. And he wrote lines for him. So oh he's the orc. He's the orc in a scene with Christopher Lee. Yes, with yes. Saron. I know that scene. And his line, his line is, "The roots grow deep, my lord." Mm-hmm. Rip them all down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that orc with the chainmail down the nose. Mm-hmm. That. That's your orc. That's that's one of my orcs. Tammy, that's and, that's like my favorite orc. I love that <laughs> orc. Well, his name is Lee Harley, and. Because he was seen with Christopher Lee, I had to make, do make him up that way five days in a row, and I had to go, "Oh shit, what did I do?" What right. color? Yeah. yeah. Did your partying cut down during those five days? Did you not go out as late? Did what? Did you did you not go out as late those five days? Were you feeling a little pressure, like you didn't you cut the bar runs a little short? No, I was kind of doing uh, like you know like what do you call it that memory. Um, I had to be in the same state. Okay, same like state. muscle memory almost. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, That's good. Yes. That's sweet. No. But but anyway, it's funny because not too long ago, because there's been a resurgence of uh, Lord of the Rings stuff uh, with my friends online, like, you know, throwback Friday, or, you know, throwback Thursdays. And lately, these pictures have been popping up from Lord of the Rings from my friends that I'm Facebook friends with now. And and Lee Hartley wrote me not too long ago, thanking me again for like, like it changed his world he, he, because he got to do a scene with his hero Christopher Lee because mm-hmm. he was a huge yeah. Christopher Lee fan. Yeah, yeah. And he's like this crazy orc in in that has lines that never had, he was supposed to die and ended up getting a right. scene. So that's crazy. I, I would yeah. say that's probably my favorite story from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that is. That's awesome, and I didn't. I, I had no idea. That's yeah. That's exclusive. I did not know that story from from that orc. That's yeah. unreal. Uh-huh. Um, so, kind of our closing questions. We got one more that we wrote, and then one from our listener. Uh, so your body of work's crazy. Hills have eyes to Final Destination, Splice, Ted Two, uh, uh-huh. Orville. Right. So, if you could tell us like the experiences that you've loved most and I'm sure they probably all are, are endearing but the experience you love the most and then ones that you'd like to work on in the future and then yeah we have to know we, we, we have to know okay because one of the things we talk about on our show every every fortnight is we talk about the upcoming Amazon acquisition for the for the <laughs> Lord of the Rings TV show and we gotta know Tammy right. will you be returning to Middle Earth Exclusive. As of right now, I have I have not been contacted. Okay. So as of right now, but no. you'll let us know when when they do contact you, right? <laughs> Shoot us a text first. They do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, and we we have mixed. What can right. you tell us how you feel? I I just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Like it's it's like um, I don't know. I mean, I understand now that Lord of the Rings. I mean, it came out. I mean, it's like what 18 years old now mm-hmm. like 17 years old yeah. so i i know they the purpose of a reboot is to reintroduce really good material to another generation mm-hmm. of kids mm-hmm. yeah. but star wars hasn't necessarily proved that it works <laughs> see in, in our you're right and our feeling is 
and we're we're right on with you. Like we we obviously want more Lord of the Rings because we're consumers and sure. we love it. But yeah, uh, we would like them to see. what well, we'd like to see them go in another direction, another yeah. period of time, like maybe something from the first or second age, or right. Uh, you know. a totally... And there's all those characters that we couldn't even we couldn't even get to. Right, like Tom Tom Bombadil. Was, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was that that was Peter's one of his biggest like his you know like people that didn't like about Lord of the Rings are like, well, you you you, you didn't even. Yeah. Tom, whatever. Right. You didn't even put him in. And, and basically, right. Peter Jackson's answer is, you know, I'm not making the Lord of the Rings. I'm making the Peter Jackson version yes, of Lord true. of the Rings. Yes. If you want, you make your version of Lord of the Rings. Yes. I like how he's, and it's true. It is. Like, you can't make everybody happy. No. And I think I've even heard him say before, like, we don't know that they didn't go meet Tom. There's a gap there yeah. from when they, from the, when they, you know. Go across the ferry and then show up and breathe. Mm-hmm. It might have happened. You know, yeah. use your imagination. Yeah. That's the thing I, that Tolkien did that yeah. he did as well that that we love. So, yeah. Yeah. so do you have like a dream yeah. project that you'd like to work on in the future? Is there something that you'd like to just love to to do? Uh, you know, I'm still fighting to get on Star Wars. Let's like, go. That, oh. That would, oh, oh, wow. and also Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think one's in the in the works. And the funny thing is, is I just got done working with a makeup artist named Bill Corso, who is Harrison Ford's personal. So it uh, could happen. Uh, Tammy, I, I think. I <laughs> oh mean, my God. I think you just you, you you whip out the paddleboard. You go get that off uh, yeah. Howard's desk. You take old Oscar with you, and you say, "When do I start?" Right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've got endless movies coming out. I think uh, I'm going to be emailing Kathleen Kennedy here soon <laughs> and uh, get right. Ryan Johnson on yeah. the phone. I think you're good. Yeah, right. We'll we'll we'd vote for you. We you know yeah. give you our references, which are not oh, worth man. very much. But right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we're gonna we have one more kind of uh, kind of funny one. Yeah. Here, so we got a, a, a another listener question from from Dan Couts. You already kind of answered this a little bit, but this is just such a great question. Do you ever do your makeup like an orc for Halloween? You know, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Too- <laughs> that would be hilarious if you did. You're just walking around like, look like a legit like orc out of the- No, no. I actually hide on Halloween now. <laughs> wow. I, uh, yeah, no, I um, actually, no, I, I don't like, you know, Oh man, I know what that shit does to your skin. I'm not going to put that on my face. <laughs> Great point. Great point. I know how uncomfortable it is. And yeah. Like you got to take it off at the end of the night after being out. And no. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen behind the curtain. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do paint make. I'll, I'll do a paint makeup on me. You know. So like this year, I did. I was this kind of Harlequin ringmaster, and half of my face was Harlequin, and the other half was a skull. Oh wow! So, That's cool. That is so, so cool. you know, you know, one year I was the bride from Kill Bill, and and because I just wanted the yellow shoes, the, oh yeah, uh, that Uma Thurman wore, yeah, and so, yeah, so I so I found online a really nice yellow of that motorcycle outfit, yeah, and I yeah, and I dyed my hair like bright bright blonde, wow. that's I mean, it was awesome. brown at the time, so I'm like I kind of like doing that, you know. It's always fun, but playing as dress far up. as yeah. Yeah, as far as doing prosthetics on myself, no. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Sorry. That's a no. Yeah. That's a no. Oh. That's a no. I do have one more question because um in the future we're gonna we're gonna get a hold of um this this individual and, and, and do an interview with him as well. 
Did you ever do makeup for Shane Rungy? Oh, Shane? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I, in fact, I was his makeup artist the most. Whoa. You gotta be kidding me. Okay, so it's so weird. So okay, so I went to I went to New Zealand as a as a as a student, and I wanted to stay with a family that at least had had um, some Maori, right? And they they put me with mm-hmm. this family, and um, the uh, my host mom Margaret, her nephew. Uh, you know, they just, it's so funny because everyone there knows people that, that were in the movies or worked on the movies. And, um, like for us being Americans, being so far away, it was like, I mean, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody knows someone in the films. And she was like, yeah, my, my nephew was in those films. Yeah. Yeah. It was a stunt performer and, and, uh, name's Shane Rungy. I'm like, uh, yeah, he was the <laughs> witch king when Frodo got stabbed. Right. I know Shane. I don't know Shane, but I know of Shane. They were like, yeah, yeah. So you know, he's just he's our nephew, and he's also something else. And he played something else too. Yeah, and uh, he he, oh, he drives played... a Muma kill. Yeah, and with yeah, the, yeah, with the tribal yes. makeup. Did you do that makeup? Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so if you could, when we interview Shane, uh, like what? Give him a message right now, and we can play it for him. What would you say to Shane right now in the future? Yeah. Oh, I love you, Shane. I miss your face. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's so awesome. Cool. That's great. Oh, um, I miss his face so much. He has the best face. I, he, I have. I've made him up. I don't know how many times as orcs, urukai, like those weird mama kill like guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like and a hell of a smile you know? too. Oh, in <laughs> the nicest, nicest man yeah. ever. Yeah. Like the the nicest. Like he would. Okay, so here's a story. Here's a good Shane story. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were doing uh, Helm's Deep, yeah, and wow. that was m- months of night shoots. Yes. Um, and we were making up, you know, Urukai. I was doing the game a lot, um, and Hobbit, whatever, you know, Hobbit feet there, Hobbit there, but um, but yeah, just like monsters and Gimli, basically, with my world. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane would be, you know, be a Nurkai. So on Friday, like, after we would finish on a Saturday night, because we shot six nights a week, finish on Sunday morning, like, about, like, 8 a.m. when the sun came up. And so that was when Shane went, Shane and this uh, Maori guy, his name is Tama, Mm -hmm. um, they would bring their guitars out trucks were in like kind of a circle like a covered wagon circle and in the middle we had picnic tables and and so when these guys would de-rig and get out so many of them it took a lot of time yeah yeah. so one by one and and, you know one by one we would get out of costume and then we'd have you know cooler of beer so people could just have a beer like relax after work in the sun it's beautiful and tom hold like a session every morning the sun came while we and you know and you know those guys are amazingly talented you know right yeah just and um yeah and they would just lead you know people would sing and they they just do stuff and that that was Shane you know he was always like smiling happy like what we were doing was tough and people were like getting sick and the hours were crazy and right. it was raining or, or or we and we had rain towers so you got wet either way yeah yeah <laughs> wow and um Oh, man. Anyway, he just, you know, he was part, you know, he he never was in a bad mood, never 
you know, always there to pick everybody up and, and just basically go, like, look how great this is. This is this is great. This right. is going to be sad when it's over. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing guy. He's definitely the heartbeat of, you know, of that stunt. Huh. That's so cool. Wow. That's so cool. Well, I was, I was, I mean, he's, uh, we're, we're just Facebook friends, but he's always like, wish me happy birthday. He'll comment on stuff. And I've never even met the guy. So that, that, that yeah. totally fits with what you're saying. And we're, we're excited to talk to him too. And now and we I, can pass on yeah, the words he, of Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and tell him that I want him to move to LA so we can work together again and we can put him in suits. And yes. I know Kane, I know Kane B would love to have him as one of their suit guys, you know? He just, oh my God. So we are now I know. a message. Getting a messenger. him out of New Zealand though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're a messenger for Tammy Lane. I mean, that's what else can you, that's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We're add that to our resume. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tammy, uh, that's, that's all the questions we have. We just want to thank you obviously for, for, uh, joining us and answering our questions, answering our listener questions. This is, it might not seem a lot, but to us, it was massive. And to all our, our fellow book clubbers, our listeners, this is going to be like the treat of a lifetime. They're getting an inside <laughs> look at um, someone who's incredibly talented, who had a direct hand in, in the films that they love, love so much. So, yeah. And, and um, Tammy, I also want to tell you too, my, uh, my students, before I was coming out here, I, I, I told them what I was doing today and like, they looked you up and everything and, and they're in art, they're in, yeah. you know, um, doing all sorts of stuff artistically and stuff. And so it was just kind of cool to hear you say in the beginning, you're like you're doodling, you're this, you know, kid in, in school who was mm-hmm. just drawing and stuff. And so to those kids, they always feel kind of like, ah, you know, this, mm-hmm. the, the academics is not really my strong suit. So I am going to play this interview for them and they, I, hopefully they'll, uh, that's awesome. they'll eat it up. So, yeah. You know. Well, just, just quickly how, how I decided to become an art major yeah. was, um, I was a senior, I was a senior in high school and, uh, I was going through really an all breakup. My boyfriend dumped me mm-hmm. and, um, I was sitting in calculus class and I wasn't they, My calculus teacher, uh, uh, Ms. Canty, um, she was like lecturing about matrices or something. I don't know. I didn't care less. Yeah. And I was drawing in my notebook, but how she lectures, she like was is like one of those walkers. Like she walks mm-hmm. through the classroom. Yeah. So she came up behind me as I'm sketching and she pulled and she's like, she's over. I see her arm reach over and she takes it off my desk. And I'm like, Oh shit, I'm in trouble. Right. I'm not paying attention, you know? Yeah. And she just looks at it and she puts it down on the desk. She just at me and, uh, she goes, I can start. And I went, no. And she kept walking. Yeah. Actually, Scott Packard sat next to me in that class. Um, oh, wow. And I went home that night and went, Mom, I think I'm going to major in art. And that's how I that's how I decided to major in art. Wow. wow. From that's, math class. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. In a math class, in a calculus class. Yes. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. I uh, have, I mean, I have a couple. Do you have time for a couple more questions real quick? Do you care? Is that imposing? No. I just no, want to, I, I, real quick, would you be able to compare, like, because I just thought of this, your experiences from Lord of the Rings with The Hobbit? Oh, yeah. No, you, you haven't even brought up that Hobbit. Well, because you, you went back, right? You went back and you were involved oh, in that project. Yeah. Okay. So what, how, yeah, how was that? I went back for two years. Holy crap. So, like, how was that, um, how was it similar? And also, how was it just, like, totally transformed because of what Lord of the Rings, how it kind of blew up, um, Wingnut and um, and Weta. Yeah. Well, um, well, I went back. I, I they brought me back as the prosthetic supervisor. So 
Oh my gosh. That was quite an honor. So, because I was, I, I was the last one standing um, on Lord of the Rings. I think the last time we rolled cameras officially was on a stunt woman um, uh, named Sharon Maxwell. I made her up as an orc, and it was for the flooding of Isengard or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was just all green screen. It was all like controlled dump of water. Anyway, it was the very last thing, and it was actually something I think for the DVD, not even for the movie because I couldn't get mm-hmm. it into the movie. Um, but it was just one arc, so I was in town, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come and do it. So to be the last to, like, apply the last orc for the, for Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then being considered, even considered to be in charge of all prosthetics for, uh, for The Hobbit was an incredible honor, and I will always, always cherish it. They called me on Thanksgiving, you know, and offered me the job on Thanksgiving of 2010. Wow. And yeah, and I was supposed to go do. I was on. Get this. Okay, this is a good story. I'm sorry if I'm boring you guys. No, no, um, uh, Tammy. Let's cut it right there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, we could talk all night. So, this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was supposed to go to Detroit with Howard Berger um, to Oz Great and Powerful, wow. and Jeez. and then after that, I was lined up to do Hitchcock with Howard. Jeez. So. I had those two movies, and and basically I called up Howard and I said, guess what? They, uh, uh, you know, Wellington called and and they offered me this job, and I, I I know I said yes to you. I just don't know what to do. And you know what Howard said to me? He goes, he said, you're fired. <laughs> he goes, you can't you can't say no to that, no matter what. He goes, you're fired. I'm firing you. You are not on with Oz Great and Powerful anymore. You're not on Hitchcock. I'm firing you. <laughs> probably the only me. probably the only boss you could hear you're fired from and be like it's probably going to work out for me <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, yeah okay but um so i went down there and yeah it was it was way different than lord of the rings but you know it, it but it, it wasn't bad like it was just different like different yeah. technology we, we had yeah. the silicone the, the process everything everything was different we were doing dwarves and not hobbits right they one hobbit and like 13 dwarves and well 26 dwarves we made two two of each each day yeah, there's some photo double right, and, yeah, yeah. yeah well hmm. three actually and a scale double so wow and i had a team of 16 people and they're all from pulled from all over the world and and um yeah it was it was, it was a great experience but um but definitely was was, was different there's you know more at stake i guess probably yeah. whereas the furthering felt like just a giant film because everybody's just figuring it out and everybody's excited yeah right yeah but now we're sitting on um a 3d yeah. hd 48 frame right. six uh, was it a, a 5k which has never been done before right mm-hmm. not even by james cameron which yeah. is why peter jackson was doing it because they kind of have the little uh rivalry in right. technology You're sure yeah. yeah yeah wow but that's yeah. So so it was just interesting to be there for all of that and like yeah. have to figure out like I don't know you guys have probably seen the behind the scenes stuff about you know the color shifts that we had to contend with and all that. Yeah, kind of because stuff. like I remember specifically the the um yeah um oh my gosh sorry in uh, in Merkwood with all the the mushrooms yeah. that are like funky colors and, and all the, psychedelic colors. Yeah, and the door on, just to get them to look muted and normal, and then like the door yeah. on back end because I. When I visited in college, they were, they were, I don't even know how we had, oh, the reason I was able to tour is because Peter Jackson had that perforated ulcer and they had, you guys had to switch around shooting, right? 
Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so we we I was taking my first tour of Hobbiton when it was like they were building it, and I noticed that the wow. door was like super uh, bright green. And I was like, wow, that, yeah. that looks a little funky. So yeah, that that's inc- that's amazing. I forgot about that until you brought that up. That's nuts. Yeah, but that would be that would yeah. be hassle for like you painting prosthetics and stuff and. Oh yeah, we had to do test after test. I mean, oh. like when we did the first camera test, we had all thirteen dwarves lined up. You know, my my team was in place, and we did all these tests, and and we did camera tests them all. And then the next day, we went to the the little cinema at um, Park Road Post, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and they're cute there. They serve little bit things of popcorn and soda That's while you cool. go in there. You know, and, yeah. And uh, and as soon as I saw the on, uh, I thought I was fired. I'm like, I am so fired because <laughs> the um, the prosthetics looked yellow compared to the rest of the face. So you could see like the blends and everything were fine. Oh, it's just the man. color differentiation. It was reading differently on on the HD because you know Lord of the Rings was film, right? It, mm-hmm. You know, yep. and this is like. And this is not only HD, it's 48 frames, which is more than a human eye can see, more yeah. information. Yeah. So, like, the technical aspect, and I thought, oh, shit. But then, you know, the um, production the production designer was like, what the hell are those colors on my set? You know, because had, we had shot on full sets and stuff. And it, it screwed with his set color. And then the costumer was like, what the hell is that doing to my costume? Like, yeah. So oh. all of us in in this in the color, like we're going, this what, is this just not graded? What's this? And they're like, oh no, this is the way it's going to be. And so we all like from art department to costumes, to prosthetics, and makeup, you know, we had to change color and and like the hair color. Even Peter King had to had to dye wigs yeah. colors, yeah, just to get them to show up another color on screen that was the proper. You did and you I'm have like, like a color? You know? Yeah, yeah. Did you have like a color theory like translation guide or something? <laughs> like, did you guys develop a system where if it needs to be this shade roughly, you'd have to go over this this way? Or yeah, well, everybody kind of all all my um all the uh, you know all the artists yeah we figured out we kept doing tests and we saved the prosthetics and we would pump the reds into the pieces. Okay. So basically, they would be walking around in daylight, not on camera, and they looked sunburned. Basically, they had this really like okay. sunburned look to them. Okay. Yep. And 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 I had to tell Fran Walsh every day, trust me, it'll look it'll look right on the camera, you know. <laughs> and she would be like, I don't know, and I'm like, No, it will, it will. Trust me. And of course, lo and behold, it does. It did. Yeah. Right. Right. But we but I I made each artist make a master, like a color master, like so we take yeah. a, a prosthetic and glue it onto a vacuform and. They'd paint it up and, and do all the hair punching of the eyebrows and all that. So it was a master. So everybody had a gauge yeah. that they would just cop. So when we figured out, but, you know, we had to change certain things in certain lighting. It wasn't all the lighting was different. So we had to pump up the red for some lighting or like mute it and others. And so it oh, was that'd be so constant. F- how did you, how did you manage like when lighting in a scene changed? Yeah, that was that was that was hard. That, that would was, be. But I mean, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you, you kind of have to split the difference, you know. Right? Yeah, you play the middle of the okay, field. You know? Yeah. But wow. it was always better to go a little bit too red than not red enough because you had to counteract that yellow that was coming through. Um, 
which is because kind of you, you would be able to you want them to appear rosier because they're on a journey they are weathered right so yeah. you could get away with them looking a bit sunburnt and crusty right, right whereas right. if they're if they look jaundiced then they look yeah. sick you right, know right so. yeah ironic that you had to pump a bunch of red for cameras that were called red cameras i know <laughs> that's kind of yeah, cool <laughs> yeah it's stupid yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I have Well, I think they fixed the problem now and so we don't actually have that issue. I mean, yeah, we don't have that severe of an issue anymore, but it there is still some color tweaking. I mean, HD cameras pick up so much detail I feel right. it just flattens the image, you know. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. That's very enlightening. I, I I've can I ask two more questions? Is that okay? Just two more. Yeah. If if I'm keeping you long, if we're keeping you long, just say, guys, seriously, come on. <laughs> Okay, because you I, have the power. You you're holding right. the Oscar. You like got the this, power. This, that's right. Just ask a question. Right. Okay. okay. So you're, the first one is um, tell us about. I mean, there's all these pictures with you and Richard Armitage. Were you his? Were you his main? Like, did you put his? What did you transform him into? The king under the mountain. Yeah, he was my main guy. Okay. I did at the beginning. At the beginning of the movie, I did Wallen and Thorin. So I did uh-huh. Graham McTavish. Yeah. And then, um, and so I did both of them you know for like six months and then they wanted uh well no it would have been about three or three months i guess okay and then they wanted all of because at the time i didn't have 16 people on my team i only had 10 and um and they basically said we want all the dwarves on set at the same time and at that point some of the dwarves then would have to come in two hours early to get done just to get through so I basically told production they had to hire 13, we had to have 13 strong makeup artists for 13 dwarfs. Wow. Otherwise you're not going to, you're not going to, you know. So they, they basically, I increased, they gave me six more people. I, I got two more assistants and three more artists. Wow. So I had, yeah. So I, I technically had, yeah, thir- I had 12 artists because the same artist did, um, Philly and Tilly because they didn't have much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but everybody else then had to, so I had to choose between Thorin and Dwalin and I'm like, how can you choose between the two coolest dwarves? Right. They're bad asses. <laughs> right? They're bad asses. <laughs> yeah. So I, in the end I ended up, I, I had to stick with Richard, you know, yeah. but um, I have a soft spot for Dwalin, of course. Yeah. My biker dwarf. Yeah. yeah, man, he's awesome. He's my favorite. I love in the um the flashback to the Battle of Moria with the Mohawk too. Mohawk, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Was that your idea? It probably plot. it probably was your idea, wasn't it? The Mohawk. No, the Mohawk. No, the Mohawk was Peter King's idea. Okay. The all wig master. <laughs> yeah, he, there he, you go. he designed. Yes, he designed yeah. all the hair, beard. Yeah. You know. Right. Like that, There's yeah. a lot of hair in the Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I just have one more because. Viggo Mortensen is my favorite actor in the whole world. Uh, yeah. Like as a kid, I wanted to be Aragorn. Uh, he just seems like an amazing person. Do you, do you have any Viggo Mortensen stories that you would be willing to tell? Uh, I don't know if I, I can tell them. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's even better That's than even you better. telling a story. <laughs> right. Okay, I got a story. Okay. Uh, I have to think about that. Yeah. So, okay. okay uh, this is how how much of a man Vigo is, the man, because okay. uh, so a bunch of us were because our ho- we were we were somewhere I don't even remember Poolburn or uh, some somewhere in the middle of nowhere, 
And because, you know, we were having some serious hours and it was an hour and a half drive to uh, back to our hotel after this one long, long day, we literally would get back to the hotel, have to wake up an hour and a half later and then drive another hour and a half back. So a bunch of us stayed out um, at base camp and just slept in the, in the, you know, the caravans for the actors. Yeah, right. Because, you know, you know, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept in Orlando Bloom's caravan, you know, with, with a couple other of my friends. And, right. Yeah. And, How many people anyway, can say but, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then Orlando, nobody, you know. Right. Yep. He, was, you know, yep. he was just happy to be there. Yep. And, well, he didn't stay out. Uh, but, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a handful of us. So anyway, Vigo decides he's going to stay out with us. And uh, anyway, Vigo goes out on a walkabout, you know, and, and he leaves. And we have, a, like, a campfire going. And, of course, the only thing we have to eat is, like, some stuff we stole from craft service, which back in New Zealand, craft service is, like, not hardly anything. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, we didn't even think about that. Like, there was, you know, so some people had leftovers from lunch because we started talking about, like, staying over, like, around lunchtime. So some of us had packed food away yeah Vigo disappears right he just goes off wandering he comes back with two fish like wait you didn't even have a fishing pole how the fuck did you get what oh my gosh and he cooked them on the fire and we like picked up this fresh fish that Vigo Mortensen went out and caught with I don't know his bare hands I'm not sure (laughs) he is a ranger after all You know, he was probably thinking that too. He was probably thinking this is gonna be badass. I'm gonna come back with these two. <laughs> oh, man. Aragorn the 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 salmon slayer. That is a great story. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. So there's a there's a Vigo story. Vigo, you that's... know, he um he was he um uh he ref- he he. At first, started getting um, made up in this converted school bus. It was it was uh, green and white, and it was like from the seventies. It was terrible. It was wow. just like in New Zealand, they converted like it's not like big Hollywood trailers like we have here. They mm-hmm. converted vehicles <laughs> that they probably shouldn't have. That's awesome. But um, but in this in this in this uh, this was just this little like whatever, but. He loved it. Like it was just a space saver until one of the trailers was available, um, you know, to to, to, to trade into. It was just a, yeah. a temporary workspace. Yeah. And then and Vigo was like, "No, I'm not. I want to keep getting made up in this trailer." Right. And um, so and Orlando Bloom got made up in that trailer too. So he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to stay here too." So they ended up keeping the trailer, but they gave it a nickname. What they call it? Can you, you probably can't. You probably can't share that information. Well, it's kind of a nasty name, but, you know, it's a podcast, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, he loves to say the word cunt. Oh, my. <laughs> so he called it the Cunty Vago. The Cunty Vago. That's a name he for a podcast. For no, yeah. he didn't. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, he made t-shirts for all of us that worked in it. Oh my God! You still have yours, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, that was that's more than I that you just gave me a giant gift there, Tammy. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's huge. Yeah. Wow, the Conti yes, Vega. I still have it. You should have it. Okay. 
That's amazing. Um, okay. Well, that that was one of the best conversations we've ever had in our lives. Yeah, that yeah. was great. That was amazing, Tammy. Thank you so much for... Do you want, do you want another V-Ghost? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. So just, just how great of a man he is. So okay. at the end of the four years, he, you know, he's a photographer and an artist mm-hmm. and a painter yes. and he does everything. Music and everything, yeah. He gave each crew member, and let me tell you, there's like over a thousand crew members. Yeah. Um, um, he gave each crew member a picture of them doing their job. And he wow. had it framed and he signed and wrote a message on the back of each one of them. That's one of the most thoughtful things I've ever heard in my life. Jeez. That's incredible. <laughs> so you have yours somewhere then, yeah? Oh, mine's hanging in my house right now. Holy cow. Wait, so he was taking those just on set and stuff? Like he was just kind of... <laughs> He didn't. He yeah, yeah. didn't. He cover his mirror with photos too that he took on set. Yes. Like there was yeah, no yeah, mirror yeah, left. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he covered his mirror and he just kept going and and yeah, he ended up it ended up just being a this beautiful collage, you know, of that, wacky. That's antics. nuts. <laughs> Uh, so my I, we just had our Sarah and I just had our first baby and and she was a girl, so we named her uh, Winnie. But when we have a boy, our first boy is going to be named Vigo, because I Aww. love because I love Vigo Mortensen. So <laughs> oh, that funny. just confirms my my love for him. He's, right, he's he seems man. like one yeah. of the coolest guys ever. Yeah, um, yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, so that's cool. amazing. Yeah, um, Tammy, this was incredible. You've shared like so much of the stuff you've said is just like blowing my mind too. It's like just this <laughs> nitty gritty detail that was like someone who was there. It's just unreal. And, and you just kept I, like I thought for sure. I don't know. You just figure, you know, people who are as successful as you, right? Talking to a, a couple of, just a couple of normal guys, a couple of hobbits yeah. that, that it would be like, we'd have to, you know, what, what was this like? And you just, you just, here's a story. You want a story? I got a story for you. You just keep telling <laughs> us stories. I know. And it's a, like, I, I thank you for that. That is what life's all about. It's all about shared yeah. experiences. Yeah. Um, gosh. It's unreal. Yeah, I, I love like it was the, one of the best times of my life. If you couldn't tell, yeah, yeah, I can't. I mean, I <laughs> can't even imagine. And like you said, it was it had to have had such a unique feeling because you know, no, no one uh, like outside of New Zealand knew knew Peter Jackson. No one knew what Weta was. Yeah. No one knew Wingnut Films. And then it, it you guys like it, it mirrored what happened in the films, right? You were this fellowship that yeah. that was was secret, yeah. and you ended yeah. up changing the world. Yeah. And it's just. In, in changing cinema, it's amazing. So that that would have been, yeah, I can't imagine having been in on that experience. Yeah. And it's cool because it yeah. affects people all over the world. And I mean, they're, to this day, I have a top five, and it's all Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's yeah. those are my favorite films of all time. So, and the the energy that you guys brought to that came through, and I think that's why it resonates yeah, it, and it will always, yeah. Yeah, it was something like we. You know, as we were making the films, you know, um, as yeah, as we were making the films, um, we were like, man, somebody should do the making of, like, do a movie of the making of, yeah. of Lord of the Rings because it was so insane, like the stories and like I just keep remembering so stuff keeps popping into my head. Like I, I actually dug out an old, a uh, couple old photo albums because we didn't have digital cameras back then. Right. They wouldn't allow us. Well, they, I mean, they were just coming out yeah. for like consumer at a reasonable price. So, but we weren't allowed to use digital cameras because of obvious, you know, we had all of our continuity was on Polaroid yeah. or, wow. or film that had to be taken to a special 
place that had a NDA, you know. Yeah. So I have photo albums. Oh, um, my. So that... if you want to send me an uh, did you give me an email address? I'll send you some photos. I'll take some photos with my phone and, and show you some crazy yeah, photos. Abs- Cause some of them are very, very funny. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this might be asking a little bit much, but like you talked about the, the cunty bago. If you could yeah. send a picture of you wearing that shirt, that would be the <laughs> coolest thing ever. I won't put it anywhere. I just want to see it and then I'll delete it. Cause that's amazing. Oh, but you man. don't have to do that. Hey, Tammy, was it something I said about the shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I, no, no. I, want, I didn't know if you heard me, but it's all my Lord of the Rings shirts uh, are in, a, in my storage and deep, deep in storage. Oh, so that would be, yeah, you'd be, that'd be a fight. You'd be fighting. You'd probably find an orc that would pop up and you'd have to fight to get there. So Yeah, I probably, yeah. No, you that's. Know, that's the a, ring is at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, we just wanted to uh, thank you a million times again for um, coming on and sharing your stories and and giving our our book clubbers something to, uh, man, like go over and over. They're going to lose their minds. They're going to lose their minds. I mean, we did. (laughs) This is probably the only episode we do that I'll go back and listen to. And not just once, like a million times. So, um, yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot to us. But, Timmy, we're probably going to take you up on where that we're going to try to reach out to more people who just worked on the show. And, like, these stories that you guys, it's a once in a lifetime thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shane will give you great stories. And, you know, I think think maybe we need to, maybe we should take it on ourselves as to try and make this behind the scenes movie. Dear God. Tammy, who would, who would you want (laughs) us to cast as you (laughs) in this film? Oh, God. Oh, I have no idea. Think about it. Get back to us. We'll contact them. We'll, yeah, we'll contact them. We'll, we'll tell All them right. it's a thing. That, but right. that is it's a great thing. idea, though. I mean, I would, I'd eat that movie. Oh, I'd watch that, yeah. I even love the, um, uh, what's his name? The guy who did, who was going around and filming, he, gosh, his footage was a lot of what the appendices are, but they also, oh, when they re-released the blue, what's his name? I think his name was Mike. I just feel terrible because I feel like Tammy's You're like just dancing around, dancing in her apartment. I'm like, God, weird. <laughs> Such jerks. That, yeah. That's that's pretty good there. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's perfect. You got it plugged in too, so that's fine. No, um, but yeah, that 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 guy captured a lot of that, and it felt more just like he had a video camera, was going around and just filming people, and that would be that'd make an amazing movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All righty. Thanks so much, Tammy. This has been so much fun. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to my story. You know, call me back or, you know, get in touch again if you have more questions or anything else. Okay. We're going to have to take you up on that because I think we could just sit sit and listen all all night long. So Yeah, we'll um, do a part two in a little while here. That would be awesome. Yeah, Yeah, if you'd be down for that, that'd be great. We'll just work around your schedule and that'd be sweet. Yeah. So. All right, thank well, you. You guys, you guys take care. Okay, yeah, you too, you too. Send me uh, an uh, email address, and I'll, I'll pop off some pictures and you know, some stuff that I think you'll think is funny. Okay, uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, we'll do yeah. that. I'll do that as soon as I get off here. Thank you, All right. Tammy. All right, you guys take care. All right, you too. Thank yep. you so much. We'll see ya. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. All right, guys. Um, Wow. Wow. What did we say after that? <laughs> I mean, best to keep it minimal. Yeah. Um, um, that was enjoyable. That was refreshing. I mean, those are understatements as yeah, it was, 
big big understatement. I, we tried. We wanted to respect her time, but like she's just a salt of the earth, down to earth person who just kept telling us stories. I mean, like I I will never forget this day. I kind of felt ever. like I was with. Um, no, never. I kind of felt like I was with Bilbo. Yeah. I mean, like someone who's been in this world who has has lived all these adventures, and I'm getting to sit down right right on the ground. Yep. She's sitting on the stump and she's telling me all these stories. Yep. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So you heard glimpses in there too that, um, you know, there there are plans for more interviews for you guys too. Right. We do have a couple more people lined up that were involved heavily in the films that we are going to interview and we right. want to share with you too. So I mean, there's a um, message in there. I, that was, I couldn't believe I know, that, right? There's a message to our next interview, which is unreal. So we just kind of hope we can keep that going. That's right. That momentum. It's, yeah. it's unreal. They're possibly even a part two guys. I mean, so be ready with some questions. I mean, and, I'm down for next week. Tammy, dude, next week. I'm Call. telling you, man, can we, can we meet at a bar halfway quite, Kansas? Quite frankly, guys, I mean, help us out. I mean, we're, we're taking a plane out there next time. We're just going to sit down. We'll take the equipment. Absolutely. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, that'd be amazing. Oh man. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to wrap one of these things up. I mean, uh, it, it, it was an incredible experience. Um, again, thank you so much to Tammy for, for taking your time and, and just being an incredible human being and for your contributions to the world of Tol- world of Tolkien. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's all, all said and done, like you helped uh, uh, bring a very important world to, to life for us. Yeah, and, and one other thing I wanted to say, just to Tammy, um, is j- j- like like Lane said, being that just this type of person, guys. I, I couldn't. I was blown away the whole time. I was having an out of out of body experience, just like listening to her tell this the story. And I think that's what life is. Is it's it's it is one big story, and there are so many different threads in it. And it was unreal to hear this story. It was just so cool. You know, it's yeah. one of those uh, multicolored threads that's just kind of like stands out and you want to know more about it. And also the message to that can go out to like my students, for example, who are those kids that sit in the back of the classroom and might be struggling or, you know, working in, um, you know, the art class, the, the arts is their thing and academics maybe isn't to hear how the story with her teacher and all that, that connection, man, that just, it's so inspirational and it just... It's something, man. It, it, I, As life I even, changing. Yeah, I, I even took away um, a message for even us, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to that. And I was like, and we, we talked about it uh, too. Um, we've talked about this before. Is just this idea of destiny. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you could see in, and that's what Tammy, and you heard it in her words, embraced right. her whole life. Yep. She embraced destiny. She like there was this thing. I mean, from, what, from her as a child playing, like dressing herself up and and doing makeup and stuff into her, um, you know, getting involved with those with those um, local theater plays and right, then right. being thrust like thrust into the world of what she would eventually master. You know, um, it makes me think. It makes me think like um, you know, uh, yeah. What should we embrace? What should we roll the dice on? Well, it's it, pretty cool. So yeah, the, the the other thing, like maybe a last little message here, is that every day brings something new. Absolutely, you know. And I try to remind my kids every day is a new day. Every day you walk in here, it's a clean slate. We start over. We keep building. We keep working. We keep yeah. moving forward. Yeah. And I think, man, did, does her story not tell you that? Like, you know, I know it was uh, fabricated in a sense, but the idea that you know you're fired one day, you're hired the next day. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? You're 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 next day you're in New Zealand and, working on, and you're almost fired you know, so that you can be hired for something. Right. Better. Yes. Yeah. And and you just really I don't know, it just yeah. 
And that guys. takes a lot of forms in life, right? It, the right. end of a relationship brings a better one. Right. Uh, uh, you know, a, a darker day brings um, yeah. an appreciation for the beauty of light. I mean, right. yeah, it's amazing. And uh, so. it's crazy. You were talking about story there for a second. I don't want to get away from that. Or I don't want to go back to that. We, we just talked about it. But it's amazing, too, how we're, you know, we're all about hearing these stories and how, like, through this podcast, we've gotten to hear all of your stories. Oh, man, exactly. Uh, we started this this podcast with you guys listening to our stories. Right. Um, and it's so cool how uh, it's paralleling uh, the, the book that we're digging into. This, this podcast is following the same kind of trajectory of just... You know, it starts small and, and people add on every single day and we all come into this together and talk about a story we love and learn something about each other along mm-hmm. the way right. from all over the world. Right. And that's that's the that's the crazy thing. I, like, I still can't get over it. Um, uh, if if everyone dropped out of the book club tomorrow, it would still be an amazing experience. But oh, man, yeah. Like, so incredibly uh, mind-blowing. Can't yeah. get over it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, just much uh, a lot like this interview, right? I mean, well, that's okay. it's a microcosm for how this whole podcast makes me feel. I feel mind blown. Well, can, can we say though? You know, like we're, we're a small, tight knit, you know, community. What we've what's going yeah. on here? What's mm-hmm. what's happening with with the book club? Mm-hmm. And so, I just think I hopefully hopefully you guys can, you know, whether it's giving a little love to Tammy or or, or what have you, just appreciate yeah. this this moment for a second because. It's it's something unreal, man. Like Lane said, it's not something that you get every single day, and it's our mission to kind of hunt down a few more of these people, man, and, yeah. and bring this story, get those stories. You know, yeah. I want to know who was serving food in the back while these yeah. people were, you know, yeah. um, doing their thing. So and even passing on this story is one that uh, people can embrace if they've never read it before. Saying like, yeah. man, you really got to read Lord of the Rings. It's incredible. Yeah, yep. it, it changes your life. Yep. So, so. yeah, dude. All right, man. Well, wow. Uh, well, we don't have to give a fortnight farewell. That's because, right. Uh, this uh, was a little surprise, wasn't right, it? A little surprise. So, yeah. uh, you know, um, I almost feel like ending it the way that uh, Bilbo does when he disappears. You know, just all of a sudden. Right. Just all of a sudden. We just got to remember one thing. Yeah. Frodo lives. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.